just as you saw a baby dedication, I was blessed to be dedicated as a child, and so was my wife, Gwen. And her family is here today. And I want to ask uh, Fred and Glory if you'll stand, and Fred, if you'll come on up here. But this is their her parents. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. Fred, if you'll come on up here. This is my father-in-law, and he has pastored churches. And, and let me tell you, it, he just retired not long ago. And I, I just want to tell you that I'm so proud of the, the, the relationship, being my father-in-law, but just what he spoke into Gwen's life, all of her life. Um, when I went to that retirement after all those years, almost 30 years at that church in 26 at another one, that people stood in line but the one that, to, to say comments and testimonies about what God had done through his life, one guy said that it was in a parking lot that his car broke down because of a tire. The man helped him fix the tire, and at the end of the story, he says, I've been at the church ever since. That, that spoke louder to me than any of the testimonies that were there just because of just meeting him for a few minutes Put the person in a different perspective. So intriguing to say, I need to know more to this day, coming and hearing more about the Word of God and being a believer. So this morning, let's give a hand for my father-in-law, Fred Owens. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. I appreciate all the kind words. And boy, it is good to be here today, I'll tell you. You know, there's nothing quite like being in the house of God. Isn't that right? It, I'm going to tell you what, it's the best place to be. It's the best place to be, especially on the Lord's Day. You know, we call this the Lord's Day, and, and, and it is. It really is. And it's a joy to be here, and it's good to be here with our, our friends and uh, part of our family from Puerto Rico. It is always good to see them and uh, just get acquainted with them just a little bit better. And so it's been, it's, it's been a joy to be here and to uh, experience the dedication of our great-grandchild, another one of our great-grandchildren. And we appreciate Luke and Sabelle uh, so much and the entire family. We really do. We appreciate them. John's been a great son-in-law. And let me say, tell you something about John. And I've said this to my wife on several occasions, you know, that I look at John and his relationship with uh, his family, and it makes me go back and reflect on my family and during the times that we were raising our three children as well. And uh, I, I've seen such a great example of a father in John, the way he interacts with his family. And that, that means a whole lot. I don't know that I was that good at, at it as John is, but uh, so far, so good. And, uh, <laughs> but John's done an excellent job. I see him interact with his boys. And, and boy, they love their dad, I'll tell you for sure. And, uh, and also with Brooke, of course. You know, can't leave her out. She's, she's, she is the lady of the family. She really is. And we love them all. Today, we're going to go, if you'd like to take your Bibles, or it'll be on the screen. Uh, we're going to 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. We're going to begin reading. 
How many in this building today, in your heart, I want you to answer it in your heart, not, not in your intellect, but in your heart, that in the depth of your life and your relationship with Jesus, what kind of a desire or drive or a motivation that you have in going to another level in your walk with God. And if you really have that feeling in your heart, I want to go to another level, uh, this is what this message is all about. Uh, and you never reach a level to where you you, you're going to stop. If you do, you die. So a person has, to, in, in their walk with God, and in their serving God, there has to be a motivation that will drive us and keep us moving upward, knowing more about Jesus every day, more about him every day. So we're going to 2 Samuel chapter 5. This is a part of the story in David's life. And we're going to begin reading at verse 17 of that fifth chapter. And I'd like for you to follow along with me if you would. Now, when the Philistines heard, and when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David as king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, and I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perzim, and David dedicated them there and he said the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breaking through of water therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perzim and they left their images there and David and his men carried them away and we're going to stop there with that verse 21. Father, I want to thank you today because you have been so real in this house today. And Father, we just appreciate the goodness of God. We appreciate the blessings of a God. We thank you, Lord, for a nation that still honors God in many ways. And Lord, we pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit shall rest upon this service and upon your servant today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I have just read you a story about David's life that to me is one of the most important times in his life because he has reached in his life a new level of leadership in his life. If you are familiar with your Bible, you will know that at this particular point in David's life that he had been king over uh, two of the, of the tribes of Israel. Judah and Benjamin. But Saul had died. His son had been murdered in the northern kingdom and so forth and so on. And uh, things had, had reached the point that 
at this point in David's life, he had, it had been 15 years when Samuel the prophet came to him and gave him a prophecy and said to him, you are going to be the next king of Israel. As you know, if you uh, have read the story, it was 15 years later now at this point in David's life that now he was going to be a king and, and the prophecy that Samuel had given him was going to come to pass. Let me tell you something about God speaking into your heart. That if God really said it, it will happen. It may not happen on your time. It may not happen on my time. But when God speaks, it does happen. The thing that you and I need to understand, we should not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. And so I think it's very important for us to always keep in mind. Now, he was now going to be anointed and that prophecy that Samuel was going to come to pass. He was going to be ruler of Jephthah uh, of the tribe, but he was going to be over the whole place of Israel. It was a day of promotion. It was a day when he no doubt Samuel had said 15 years ago that God had anointed him to be king. All the problems that came between David and Saul and, and Saul trying to get him and so forth and uh, all of that. We, I'm not, I don't want to go into that. But I do want to remind you of this, that when God anointed David under the ministry of Samuel, he said it's going to happen, and it did happen. Now, it seemed at this time in David's life that he had reached the place and the peak in his life that he knew in his heart he was going to reach that place. But here's the thing about reaching that new level. And that's what happened to David. He reached a new level in his life. But when you reach a new level in your life, you've got to remember that you're going to also encounter some new devils in your life. There are some things that's going to happen in your life on your way up. And we need to keep that in mind because the higher we go, the more of God we need in our life. Now what does this idea of new levels comes new devils. Let me tell you what really happens. When you go higher, it means that you have made an admission and you have confessed at least to yourself that you have, you have finally recognized that you have not reached that place of perfection yet. You've not reached that place of, of the maturity that you need at that point in your life. But there's room to grow. And there is room to grow. I have room to grow. Even with all the years of ministry that I've had, I have room to grow. Every one of us in this building has room to grow. And if we don't grow, then we have allowed ourselves to be stunted and not really being able to be the blessing to people that we really want to bless and that we want them to be blessed because we have been blessed as well. It also means that we have refused to be satisfied with where we are in our walk with God, and we want to know more about God. I believe it's important for all of us to understand that we are, in our spiritual walk, we are growing every day. That should be just 
something that all of us understand, that we are growing every day in our walk with God and that God has some plans for our life and he has a purpose for our life, each one of us in this building. God's not through with you yet. We're all still under construction. So God is not through with any of us. So when we talk about higher levels, what are we talking about? Well, maybe a lot more obedient to the voice of God speaking to us and telling us, I want you to go farther. I want you to go higher. I've got plans for your life. And if you don't do that, I'm going to have trouble establishing those plans in your life. It might be that you're hungering for a greater empowerment of the Spirit of God. It might be that your relationship with God has kind of waned a little bit. And God is trying to tell you, if you reach that next level in your walk with me, I will show you some things that I want you to know. And you'll be able to bless other people because you're growing. You know, only people that grow can bless other people. People that are not growing, they can't help you very much. But, when, but you can help somebody when you develop in your walk with God. And I think it's so important for us to, to uh, keep that in mind. And so sometimes it might be just we want to know more about God's Word. That we've neglected it. We haven't read it. We haven't studied it. We haven't thought about it. We haven't let it come become a part of our life. And so, or it might be that we just feel like the fire inside of us has just kind of waned a little bit. And God is saying, I want to build a fire in those bones again. I want to build a fire inside of those bones again. And uh, it, it's, it's just like David. Here's David. It's come from ruling over two kingdoms, two tribes, to 12 tribes. His job has become enormous where he was just for seven years over Benjamin and uh, Judah, he said, this job is bigger because you have got more responsibility to look after. Now, why should you and I even think about or consider uh, uh, seeking a deeper and a higher level in God? David sought a new level because it was God's will. Because Samuel had prophesied 15 years ago, you're going to be the next king. No matter what happens, no matter what Saul does, he's not going to kill you. Nothing's going to harm you because I've got a plan for your life. And it's just down the road. And David was a faithful follower of the Lord. Our growth or our maturity or perfection uh, in God, uh, is God's will for our life. Paul made this statement, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on and take hold of that from which Christ has took hold of me. In other words, God has a greater work for David. He had a greater work for Saul, for Paul here. He had a greater work. Let me tell you something. God's not through with you yet. You've got some, you have a lot that you can contribute to this church and to the kingdom of God. Let's don't limit ourselves. Let's don't, let's don't look down on ourselves. Have you ever wondered why in the world when somebody has asked us to do something that the first thing that we start pointing out is the bad reasons we can't do it? I can't do it because I'm shy. I can't do it because of this. We start we start belittling ourselves. Why do we do that? 
When God has said to you, I can, I can do something with your life if you'll let me. I'll take you to places that you've never been before if you'll let me. And so it's important for us to always keep in mind, don't little ourselves. I don't think we ought to walk in pride by any means, but I do believe that we ought to be honest. We need to be honest with ourselves that I do have abilities that God's gave me. God, when he created man, he did not create a ball of junk. But he created a person that is very motivated or should be, and I believe that most of God's people really are when you really think about it. But I believe that we need to understand that there is a new level that God wants to take you in your life. And I, I, and I agree with the, the Word of God. The Bible said in John uh, chapter 17 and verse 4, I have glorified your name, he said, Jesus did, upon the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. I want to be able to say, along with the Apostle Paul, I have finished my course, I have, I have finished my course, and I've done it with joy. Finish. Folks, this thing, Jesus is coming. The rapture is going to take place. It really is. And I want to be among that first trip. I want to be among the first trip. I want to go when I hear this trumpet sounding. Now, most of you probably in this uh, building today have either heard or read the book about Jabez, right? You probably, and, and when you read about Jez, uh, J, uh, Jabez, there's something that really speaks into his, out of his life and his relationship with God. He evidently was a very ambitious kind of a person. I'm talking about spiritually. A very ambitious kind of person. Have you ever seen a, a person that is spiritually ambitious? They're always studying and thinking and praying and seeking that next level in their life. They just can't be satisfied where they are in their walk with God. They are so eager to learn about Jesus and to be able to lead other people and to be a blessing to other people. The Bible said in Jabez's prayer, he said, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I believe 100% in this building today that you could say that whatever you have asked God, that he will grant it. He will grant it. Now, that doesn't mean on your time schedule, it means his, but he will grant it. And he did with Jabez as well. He said, Jabez said, I want you to enlarge my territory or my borders. Now, I don't believe that Jabez was talking about land here. I think he's talking about his walk with God. He said, I want you to enlarge my territory or my, my borders. In other words, he is saying, Lord, I don't want you to build a fence around my life, but I want my life to bring glory to your name. I want my life to be larger than it is now. I am pleased with where I am, but I'm not satisfied with where I am. 
And so he was saying, God, I want you to enlarge my territory. Jabez wanted to be valuable or, or to be used of the Lord. And so he said, I want you to enlarge my territory, my borders. And so the Bible said that God, evidently he did that. I don't hear, have any place, don't know of any place that it said that it didn't happen. I believe it did happen. It's kind of like a story that I read here a while back about sand. It says that sand on the beach is free. You can go down with a bucket and you can load some sand up in that bucket and they'll probably let you go uh, home with that, except in Hawaii. They love their sand there. And so you're not supposed to bring it back home. You're to enjoy it while you're there and admire it because it's different than here in America. And so they don't want you to bring any of it, ha any of it home. So it's free here in America. And if you bag it up and you make a business of selling it, you would probably get about a dollar a pound. And then if you, uh, uh, if you also made it into sandpaper, it would probably be about $5 a pound. It gets a little higher. But if you make it, if you make it into silicon computer chips, it's worth $500 a teaspoon. Now, it's still sand. It's still sand, but the increase of it is the value is for a greater purpose. That's who I'm talking to in this building. There are some people that you are silicon value. And God wants you to know that, that you're running yourself down. But God said, no, I see something else. And if you just walk with me, and if you just obey me, and if you'll be true to me, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make you into something that can bless other people. Because God said not only to Abraham, he said to Abraham, I will bless thee, and that's wonderful. But God didn't stop there. He said, I will make you a blessing. There's not a, per, a person in this building today that you do not want to be a blessing to somebody else if you are a believer. I want everybody to go to heaven because I'm planning on going to heaven. And those before me planned on going to heaven. That's the reason why I want to go to heaven. And so it's important for us to keep that in mind. Here's something else that happened to Jabez's prayer as well. He said, I want you to put your hand upon me. I want you to hand the hand of God to be with me. Jabez realized that if God enlarged his borders, it was automatically going to call for more of God in his life because a higher level, a bigger devil. And so it's important for us to understand that, you, that what you fought against Satan where you are now is not what you're going to fight at the next level. You're going to need a higher God and a higher level in your walk. And you're going to need, and I'm going to need it as well. And do I know what that is? I'm telling you, I, I know exactly what that is. And I think I'm talking to the people that you identify with that as well. Jabez realized that if God enlarged his borders, he realized he was going to need God. People say, well, you know, preacher, I've been praying. Uh, I've been reading my Bible had a desire to go higher, but you know what? It seems like that along with that, a lot of trouble come. And I thought, well, I'm seeking God, and I'm, I'm really earnest about it. 
Why is more trouble coming up? This isn't going as smooth as I thought the preacher said it was. It seemed so simple when he said it. But now I realize I'm fighting some bigger devils. It's called the flesh. It's called ideas that not, is not born of God. And so we say sometimes, I'm fighting a bigger problem now than I did back down the road a few weeks ago or a few years ago. This isn't going uh, as smooth as I thought it was. And guess what? There's not something wrong. We automatically feel like, hey, there's something wrong. Maybe I should back out of this and, 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 and so forth and so on. Oh, no, that, that's the wrong move because the devil, he never leaves anybody alone. He's always there wherever you are. That's where he wants to be. But aren't you glad God's there? Aren't you glad God's there? I'm going to tell you, God is there, and that's the most important thing. You take the word narrow. The word narrow means to contract by pressure. In other words, on the narrow path, on this path and walk with God, there's no room for luggage, no, no room for ba baggage, no room for that. No, it's just you and God. It's just you and God. It's just me and God. It's us and God. And so I think it's important. What we do need in that town is a greater anointing. And that's what the next level will bring you. A greater anointing in your life. If you are a teacher here today, you will be a better teacher. If you are a youth pastor here today, you will be a better one. No matter where you are in, the, in, in your walk with God or what you're doing for God, it'll be better and you'll be better. Because you have reached that new level in God. When God asked Gideon to go a high level and to really be a, a leader for Israel, when God spoke to Gideon, he said to God, he said, don't you know, God, I'm the least in my clan? Surely you have the wrong man. How come we say that when God tells us something? When God leads us into a ministry that God's trying to get us into or a position where God could bless us? Why do we do that? We begin to see the possibilities God does, sees the possibility in your life. And you should see those. You need to be honest with yourself. It's wonderful to be humble. But sometimes I think humility goes too far. And that is that we begin to belittle ourselves. We begin to limit ourselves. Instead of saying, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but you do. And consequently, I'm going to lean on your knowledge and on your wisdom. The Bible said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And guess what he does? He gives it liberally. Aren't you glad God's not stingy? God's not stingy. God knows exactly what you need and what you want and what you desire. It's wonderful that with new levels, we all admit there are new and sometimes even seemingly bigger devils. The Philistines came up to capture David in verse 17. I read that. And, when you, and they heard that he had been anointed king of Israel. They said, this is a new boy on a new block, at a new level. If we're going to defeat this guy, we're going to have to do it now. We're going to have to do it now. 
He hasn't had time to establish the kingdom. He's the new leader of Israel. Let's go up and defeat him before he puts everything together and get everything organized and then we'll have a difficult time. But what they did not understand that the anointing that was upon him was not the anointing that was upon Saul. David's anointing was a greater anointing. And if you know anything about Saul, you know he was a pretty mean guy. He really does. He's always trying to get David killed. If he couldn't do it, he'd try to put him in a position to make sure that he did get killed. But God had another plan. God had something different. And so new levels, new devils. And what you can get to buy with on one level, you can't do it on the higher level. Why? Because you are not just over two tribes, but you're over 12 tribes. That is a great job. A great job. And all of us have heard this. And I don't mean this by any means to be a bad thing. But somebody was, was talking to somebody one time, a preacher, and he said, you know what? I love the ministry. He said, I love the ministry if I just didn't, if I just didn't have to pastor people. You know, you know, really, I found throughout the years of my life there's always difficulties along the way. People in your congregation are having them. Not only you're having them, you're, your congregation are having them. But I'm going to tell you, God's got some of the best people in the world. I mean, with all of the bumps and, the, and all of the things that goes along with being a pastor, loving people is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I appreciate the goodness of God. I really do. Now, these people... The Philistines did not realize that the presence of God was up on David and it had been missing from King Saul. The Bible said when they came up, they spread themselves. They spread themselves. And the Bible said that when, and that means that it was a large group of people that came up against David at that particular time. Let me tell you something. I think you know this. You know, boxcars are wonderful things when, a, when an engine is tied to them. But a boxcar is not going anywhere because it has no compulsion. It's not going anywhere because it has no compulsion at all. It's just going to sit there. But aren't you glad that you have an engine that you can connect to it and it'll move? The same thing with your life and my life going to the next level we need that compulsion. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit. That when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, we've got some compulsion. We are going to move. We are going to move. You, all of us know this, but there was three anointings in David's life. And all of us probably here today, you know about those three anointings. The first one happened when Samuel came down to Bethlehem and anointed David king over Israel. That was the first. That was the one that stood the test of time. All of them did, but this is special. This is the main one. Because Samuel had said, God sent me here to anoint one of your sons, Jesse. And you know the process. They went through the whole bunch of them. David wasn't invited. Had you ever wondered why? David wasn't 
invited? The other guys were. How would that make you feel if you were uh, a sibling and all the kids were invited to some uh, great event and they left you out taking care of those smelly sheep or on that dirty job that you don't like? You know, he needs to work. He's got bills to pay, you know. But that should be your decision. And so what do you think would happen? Most of us would have been so bitter that we would have defiled many. But evidently, David was comfortable in his walk with God. And so the Bible said that Samuel said, oh, you got another one. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to leave here until you bring him in. And absolutely, it was God's choice. The second one was, and it took place when he was anointed as king over the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. And uh, and uh, he, he, he was at Hebron. He fortified, fortified Hebron and, and took as his capital, capital. And he reigned there seven years. But with this new level that was coming open, there's going to be a lot more warfare between the house of David and the king Saul, Saul's descendants. And that's exactly what took place. That's exactly what took place. The third one is the one that I read you today in Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 5. And uh, when they had made David king over all Israel 37 years, 37 years old at this particular time. And he reigned over Israel and was a, a mighty king. And David knew that he was entering into another arena, a conflict, and he decided to do something that he felt like would bless his kingdom and also it would in somewhat magnify him or it would be gaining respect from those that he had not been king over for several years. And so David knew that he was entering into a new conflict and he decided that he'd go up and capture Jerusalem and that's exactly what he did. He captured the city that even Joshua couldn't take. He conquered a city that no other one before him was able to conquer. He was able to. So that made his name pretty popular. Here's a guy that has done something that many kings wanted to do but couldn't do, but he had the anointing to do it. David had the anointing to do it. And so the Philistines, they, just, they noticed that after after the anointing, they realized that David was anointed. They, they remembered back 15 years earlier when there was a guy by the name of Goliath that rose up against David and said, I'm going to take your head today, buddy. I'm going to kill you today. And David said, the battle is not mine, but it is of the Lord. And brother, anointing came upon him to use that slingshot, and he brought that giant down. They knew that when David took the throne, they were dealing with somebody that was not fearful or full of anxiety about the Philistines. And so here they came after him again and said, we need to do it quickly, do it right, and finish the job, and then we're going to bring these people back under slavery and so forth and so on, which they had done off and on for a, a long time. So there was a breakthrough. 
The Bible said that the Philistines came against David. Now, David, when he was uh, not king and was running from Saul, he could not get away from the fact that he was relatively friendly with the Philistines. You know, he was relatively, he could come and go and live with them and then come back to Israel and that sort of thing, you know. But that freedom stopped when he became king. Now he was a target. Now he was a target. He had drawn the attention that this guy, David, we need to take care of it in a hurry. But the Bible said that David said, there's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to be a breakthrough. And that's exactly what I read you in, in our text today. That there was a breakthrough and David mentioned that. He mentioned that and David came to Baal Pizim, and David uh, smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth or through upon mine enemies before me as a breach of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Parasim. And so it's important for us to understand God wants to give a breakthrough. I believe with all of my heart that this church is open and ready for a breakthrough in your, in your life. I believe there's some people here that you are going to be a part of bringing that breakthrough to pass. You are not just going to sit on a pew, but you are going to be a breakthrough. You're going to pray. You're going to fast. You're going to wait upon God. You're going to hear from God. And you are going to say, I'm going to get behind the leadership, and I want to see God to do something in my life and send a breakthrough in my family. The battle was a turning point in the life of of David and also in the lives of the Philistines as well. The tide was getting ready to turn into a different direction. David said, the Lord has given us a breakthrough. It's kind of like a dam, uh, water that's been dammed up. And uh, God's giving us a, a breakthrough. And, and, and it's like the, bur the dam burst open. And let the water out. The things that had built up for many years was now being destroyed. And a breakthrough was coming because David had gone to the next level in his life. You will have that experience in your life. You will see God's blessings come through in your life and in your family. Many of you are here today that you still have family that's not saved. You still have families that you're praying for. And you just don't know when God's going to do it. You believe God's going to do it, but you just don't know. That's the thing that happened in my family. And the thing that happened in my family is so amazing. We, I came from a large family, most of them boys. Get ready, Luke and Sewell, boys. Yeah. Yeah. And, our, and May, our daughter-in-law, our our. A granddaughter, I call her. But anyway, it's wonderful to know that a breakthrough can come and it will come. The story of growth in God's kingdom and God's work is so important to us. We all are soldiers of the Lord. And God wants me to speak into your life today. Don't listen to the devil any longer and say, I, I just can't do that. I can't do that. 
I can't, I can't, I can't teach a class, or I can't do this, or, or I can't be over this group, or this uh, uh, cell uh, group. You can, and God will direct your life. The Bible said the steps of a good person is ordered of the Lord. The steps of a good person is ordered of the Lord. Everybody in this building has a destiny. And that's important. But the destination is more important. I've reached my destiny. But I'm going to reach my destination. And that's what Paul was talking about. Absent from the body and present with the Lord. I, that destination is so important in all of our lives. I'm looking for some people that you identify with that. And so you're believing God to help you to reach out to those that are unsaved in your family and pray them into the kingdom of God. And that's exactly what happened. I don't think I've ever shared the story here. I've shared it with the family, I think. But I've, I don't think I've shared it here. My sister, my only sister in the family, she is now 94 years old. She's in a care home uh, in Denton. And uh, she got saved. My mother was saved. I don't ever remember her not being a Christian. You know, I was just born with a Christian mother. And, but my sister got gloriously saved and, uh, in my father-in-law's church in Odessa, Texas. Believe it or not, some good things had come out of Odessa. <laughs> and so... She was praying, and God spoke to her and said to her, I want you to fast. And the Lord just began to bring it into her heart. And she fasted for a whole year, eating one meal a day. Now, that will be a good loss, weight loss. That'll be it. And she did. She fasted one meal every day for a whole year. At the end of that year, Most of my family was saved. I can name off all my brothers, but my dad was saved. He hadn't lived for God, good dad, but just had, didn't live for God, didn't serve God. Herbert, my oldest brother, Winford, Gladys, Leroy, Norman, Curtis. Not many of us living right now, but nevertheless, the point I want to make is this, that there was a deluge that turned loose in my family. And we weren't even in the same church. We were in different parts of the state, not knowing that our brother over here was getting saved in this city, and we were in this city, and we were getting saved. Now, you talk about what God can do and can't do. To me, that's a miracle. That is a miracle. Some of you, you, you probably have already done that. You probably fasted for your kids that are unsaved, your grandkids, great-grandkids, uh, however far you want to go. But I want you to know, you need to, and, and I know the devil, if, if, if you've been praying that a while, he's attacking you just like he does us. You've been praying for this for 10 years and it hadn't happened. You know what you need to do? You need to tell the devil, go hang yourself. You know, Really. And say, God has promised me my family. And I'm going to pray for my family. It may be on a deathbed. You never know. It could be. Hopefully not. Hopefully they'll be able to make a contribution to the kingdom of God. Here's what Paul said when he talked about the greater sense of the opportunities around us. This is what Paul said. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost. 
Because a great door of effective work has opened to me. And there are many who oppose me. There's a lot of opposition. The devil is going to oppose you. I have never said that I'm going to fast or I'm going to pray or whatever that there was an opposition. There is opposition in the spiritual realm. But the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And God wants you and I to know that. If you're in this building today and you say, Preacher, I really, in my heart of hearts, I love God. I really do. I love God. The devil tells me I don't, but I know that I love God. He's always accusing me, and boy, he's good at it. He's an expert. Well, he's had, ever since the, he fell from heaven, he's, all, he's had a lot of experience. So he's better at it than you and I are sometimes uh, in resisting it. But the Bible said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. If you're here and you feel, and you're saying, preacher, I really want to go to that next level. And I know that, I know that there is another devil at that level, but God's there at that next level too. And so I want to go to the next level. And you would stand in this building just for a moment. Would you do that? If you really feel that way, just stand up. And I want to pray, and we're going to pray. You're going to pray. And I'd like for us to all pray that God would help us, that in, that in that journey from where we are now to where we are going, wherever that is, because the next level won't be the last level. There will be another level. So it's a progress. It's a progression. And I want to pray for all of us. I want you to pray for each other. If you know somebody in this building, that, I'd like for you to pray for them. As we pray, would you join me with, would you join with me? If, could the singers come up or just, the musicians come up just for a moment? I'd appreciate that if you could do that. Father, I just want to thank you today. Let's pray. While they're coming up to sing, I want you to pray with me. Father, I just pray for this whole congregation. Lord, they have got the best pastor in town and his wife. And Father, they've got wonderful people. And Lord, you have blessed them in so many ways. And Lord, I'm asking you right now that there are people standing in this service that they really mean what they are standing about. They want to go to that next level. Lord, I'm asking you to prepare them starting now to get ready for the next devil. He may be bigger, but he's not God. We have a mighty God. And Lord, I'm asking you to bless people that are fighting these kind of battles that I can't do it. I'm from the wrong side of the track. My family was not successful. God, would you erase all of that from their minds and their hearts and make them realize that we're all responsible for our walk with God. And we're all responsible to hear the voice of God. Bless this people, I pray. Bless this church, I pray. Lord, you are raising up leaders. And there are leaders already here. And Lord, you're going to use them to be a blessing and win souls for the kingdom of God. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for it. Now would you do me a favor? Would you lift your hands and just lift your hands up and this worship. Father, 
like a nobody. You come somebody, Lord, that just didn't know where they were going or what they were doing. But God, you have raised them up for a purpose and a And you have used them. You have blessed them. You have empowered them. And oh, Father, I ask you today that your hand will be upon you. Help them to be another Jabez. David. Help him to be another Samson. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And we give glory.